Tim Graham and Friends is brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. CTBK is a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants and business consultants with roots in Amherst, New York. CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client for assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, and advice on mergers and acquisitions. CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a quote, call 716-630-2400. Again, that's 716-630-2400. CTBK, over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond. Okay, we're joined on Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK. Uh, here by Marcel Louis-Jacques from ESPN, and with what's been going on, um, it's been such an uh, important topic uh, here in Western New York, so I figured uh, we'd just have him on to discuss. Um, so, Marcel, we'll just get right into it. I mean, what, I mean, the idea that the general manager was behind the bench last night, uh, that had to be a shock to you. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, these, the birds have been pretty disappointing. The, the Sabres have just, I, I mean, what, what's left to say? I mean, when you've got a generational talent like Jack Eichel that's just not producing, and it seems like the rest of the team has not recovered from this Ralph Kruger disaster, it, it just seems like a lost year in a year that's a season so many people needed hope and inspiration. It, it just, you really hate to see it up here. Yeah, I mean, and look. I mean, you're here in Buffalo. You heard so much about uh, how important hockey was. You move here, uh, and then you just haven't had a chance to experience it. I really feel for you uh, and your inability to get into this hockey stuff. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to be too facetious. I don't want to be too flippant about it, but uh, uh, break, break the tension a little bit. Uh, and it's tension. Uh, I don't want to speak for Matthew or for Jonah, but it's clearly not nearly as much tension for me. But this was the network that I used to work for. Um, well, again, let me clarify. I didn't work for Cumulus. My show was on Cumulus. I had to take the show off of Cumulus for uh, something that we'll get into here um, and why I think that um, we have some notes to compare. Um, but without further ado, or I guess without me giving too much back, I mean, I don't know the, how much I really need to set up um, uh, what what occurred, uh, but I guess for the sake of uh, for those who may be tuning in and don't know the full story, uh, 97 Rocks Morning Show, which is a morning zoo style, old school morning radio deal, um, had uh, a bit, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, from its, uh, its uh, comedian co-host um, talking about uh, how the appropriate level of toasting your bread compared to the appropriate attractiveness of uh, black women's skin. Uh, you posted uh, this uh, audio and had it not been posted, we probably, nothing probably happens. Um, so I don't know. I'll just leave it here for you uh, to give your, to lay it out and I'll not interrupt you. Yeah, well, like, first of all, because um, I'm sure people are going to see this and say, well, why'd you ignore my, like, 
I've gotten a lot of people asking me to talk about this story and I don't like being, I don't want to be any more part of this story than I, than I have to be. I'm doing this specifically because I kind of lashed out at you yesterday and uh, without kind of thinking it through or maybe even calling you offline. So that's on me. A little, little on edge over the past couple of days. So like, I'm, I'm glad we get the opportunity to, no to worries. you know, clear the air here. But uh, I didn't but, take offense yeah, man, and so, I and I'll apologize for my part, because in my haste in responding to a specific tweet, I agreed with a little part of it, but it made it seem as though I was agreeing with the whole thing. And in the con in its in its in a vacuum, you're absolutely right. I, I just had a bunch of other tweets out there and you were getting hammered with thousands of, of things. You couldn't have possibly said, I'm going to go look at Tim Graham's feed and get the entire picture. So no, I mean, but it's, thank you for coming on to talk about it. I thought that I wanted to have you on because we have a little, like I said, some notes to compare. Um, but also yeah. because you are probably would like an, an outlet to respond to everybody rather than yeah. just uh, cause you're getting, you're getting hit with, uh, with some accusations or a lot of people are upset with you, but all right. I, I said, I wasn't going to interrupt. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, there are, you know, there are people who are, they're blaming cancel culture. They're saying, okay, here comes the mob again about internet justice. But like to really understand it, um, I think we have to go back. We got to go back to last year. And I, I went on morning bull last year as I mean, basically a favor to Bobby Rosati, who's the, I believe the show's producer. Um, I knew him, actually, I knew him from your show. He said he'd moved on to a different one, asked me if I was interested. I said, okay. And, uh, you know, right off the top, uh, you know, I got the, so, you know, see your last name, you know, where are you from? It's like, uh, you know, California. No, but like, where, where are you from? Like, you know, see your last name. And, uh, it was Rob kind of insisting he wouldn't get the idea out of his head that I'm not, I wasn't French. And so I, when I finally said, yeah, my dad is from Haiti. He's like, Oh, I didn't know Haiti was French. He's like, no, you know, Haiti is Haitian. And uh, just kind of stopped talking from there. Like I, I didn't even realize we were on the air. I thought this was like pre pre interview ramble, but uh, you know, they thankfully moved on bull actually moved the conversation along asking about Josh Norman. Uh, I gave this, you know, whatever, 45 second standard response about Norman bull responds to what I said. And Rob comes back and interrupts and says, you know, your English was just was wonderful. I, I listened to everything you said and it was perfect. And it's like, dude, it's, it's eight in the morning. I, I really don't need this right now. Uh, you know, Rich controlled the rest of the interview, but uh, Rob also ended it by asking me to name my all ESPN quarantine team. Because in his words, I got a lot of smoking hot coworkers that he wouldn't mind being quarantined with. He wants to know who I would think, you know, would make a good team. And, uh, you know, I've just never been, I, I do a lot as, as you do, as I know Matt does, you do a lot of radio interviews. I've never really experienced that. I didn't, I don't know if, I guess that's their stick. I, I had no idea. I just wanted to talk about the bills, but, uh, you know, Bobby texted me afterwards and, and said, uh, you know, sorry about Rob busting your chops. You know, he's a comedian. He just wants to be funny. I told him, like, I didn't find it funny. Like, I, I don't need to do this. Uh, I don't need to be here. I don't need to be talked to like that. I'm not coming back on. Like, I made it very clear that it was his fault. I went to ESPN. I went to HR. I had them reach out. They made it clear that we would not be returning 
no ESPN employee would be returning to the show. So it's not like they didn't know that that interview was a problem. We went through the proper channels. Um, I also, you know, during our media, our golf tournament this summer, I I was paired up with, with Bull Fairburn. You were in our group too. You saw, we, we talked it out and by all accounts, I think Rich is a good guy. I think he's a decent guy. I don't have any reason to believe like he's a bad person, but I made it clear to him that I'm not going back on your show because of this person. I made it clear, like this person is a problem on your show. Like you're going to go down with him eventually if something's not done. And uh, I, I can't remember the timeline if it was before or after that tournament that like I was repeatedly, you know, multiple times asked to go back on. And again, made it clear. This is the reason why this guy is, is the reason why I'm not returning. But I didn't want to make a bigger deal out of it than that. I had the screenshots. I had the recordings. You know, I sent them to my family and I had to reel my mom back in from hammering that station. Basically, I had to keep her away from the airport from flying out here. I had to keep my dad away. I had to tell my girlfriend at the time, like, just I'll handle it. It's fine. Told a couple other reporters around here, but like they all agreed just to let it die down. And in my opinion, clearly that didn't work. Clearly that didn't work. That was a year ago, almost a year ago to the day of Rob's comments on, on what was it? Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It, it was almost, I went on March 20th and it happened on March 24th, I believe. So this time around, it, it just felt like, all right, like I, I, I guess more people need to be angered by it. Like more people need, need to hear it. And um, I, I first saw it on Instagram. I wasn't even aware of it because I don't listen to the show, but um I heard a clip of it on Instagram and because of my previous experience, I know that they put their shows online. So I found the segment in question, listened to it through and clipped it and, and, and posted it. And, uh, you know, I, I did, I went back and forth on it for, for a little bit, I guess, cause nobody, you know, there's that, I said that old saying, but there, there's a saying that there's a person of the day on Twitter every day and you don't want to be it. So like right. I want to be I don't I don't even want to be person of the day adjacent on on Twitter. Uh, it's it's stressful. It happened. We dealt with it last year. I dealt with it last year um, when I commented on Jake Fromm's situation. It, it just pro- it produces unnecessary anxiety. So I went back and forth, but like ultimately it just was. I figured all right if I've heard this man's voice two times in my life, and both times. He said something racist, sexist, misogynistic, derogatory. Then how many more times has it happened that nobody is caught or that nobody posted that nobody like I think it's pattern behavior. I think it, it it's a lack of accountability at the station. Uh, I think my complaint fell on deaf ears and I don't think they took it seriously. And I think they took it seriously now. And so, like, Rob, you know, I, I don't love the fact that rich lost out on other opportunities i want that to be clear like this wasn't a headhunt and and i i didn't at, at no point did i ever say 97 rock needs to fire everybody need to i thought they should have got rid of rob but like I, I didn't say these people should never work again i just kind of presented the information and left it there but um the the apology, I've read the apology, you tagged me in the apology, like, I, I saw it. Um, and I know like, I know the mature thing to do is to accept it. And you know, I, I wanna believe, I wanna believe he means what he says. 
Like I want it. And if he has reached out to certain people in certain communities to better himself, then that's ultimately what we want at the end of the day. Like there's two types of people. There's people who want to find a solution, people who want to complain. I, I want there to be a solution. So like, I'm, I'm happy for him if, if that's true. But I mean, a bunch of people knew I had a big problem with my interview on that show last year. It was not, it was clearly not hard to find my phone number within that station. I didn't get a call, a text, an email, a telegram, a letter. I, I got no recognition from Rob or really anybody else on the show that I felt. I mean, Bobby said, oh man, sorry to hear that. Bulls, you know, man, that I didn't, I had no idea, but I got nothing from Rob after that. And that was when it was handled privately. So like now that it's, it's public and, and the apologies coming out and the regret and the remorse is coming out. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel a massive need to respond beyond what I'm doing right now. Like it's, I hope that he, he learns from it. I hope that, you know, he's, he's able to kind of rewire his, how he thinks if he really wants to, if, if he doesn't, then I'm not, you know, be who you are, be who you want to be. But I, I just wanted to be very clear. Like people think, you know, I, I saw somebody say, cause I'm a uh, masochist sometimes. So like I, I've read comments. I, I saw somebody say, you know, the, the cure, you can guess what they look like. The cure for racism is real conversations, not, uh, I'm paraphrasing, not laying everything out on the internet. It's like, I'm glad that you have such like a rose colored view of how we fix racism, but private conversation didn't work. So yeah, it, what, what, le what am I left with? Yeah. Let's uh, put out a couple of, uh, try to get a couple of factual things in here just for the record. So that way we can have the discussion, refer back to these things uh, as necessary. So when you said ESPN HR reach out to, uh, to the station, do you know who they spoke with or no and was I, it management I, or I just know that like I, I reached out and uh, I, I reached out right after the interview was over and was basically trying to distance myself from it. Like, I didn't know this was going to happen. Technically, I didn't ask permission to go on, which I'm supposed to do, or I didn't get cleared to go on, which I'm supposed to do. So that was my bad at the end of the day, like at, at the root of the problem. But um, no, 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 no. Wait, that just, wasn't the that wasn't the root of the problem. Well, if I if I had never gone on, then this I don't know. Either way, maybe it was the first domino, but that was not the root of the problem. You probably yeah, you're right. Right. I mean, but they made it. Clear. You, you doing somebody a favor was should not be considered part of the problem. ESPN made it clear to me that they'd reach out to the station. I didn't follow up after that. Gotcha. Like I said, I just kind of wanted to wipe my hands of it and say, all right, right, like this was this sucks, but. Let's let's keep pushing. I've referenced it a handful of times, uh, you know, like when people uh, Dominic Foxworth made some comments last season and it made people angry. And so I've, I've used that instance to remind people like, no, it's this isn't as like peachy keen of a area as you've been led to believe. Like it's diverse, but like diverse does not mean racism doesn't exist here. And even if it's not, like, I think people associate racism purely with hate. And I don't think 
they exist in a vacuum. Like, I don't think they're, they're mutually exclusive. Like you don't have to be hateful to say something racist. You don't have to mean harm. You don't have to be angry or malicious or violent. Like it can be something as dismissive as calling, uh, calling a woman's skin tone as undesirable as burnt toast. And for everybody, it's going to be up and out. I know he didn't literally say those words, but that's, that's essentially what he's saying. Like, if a toast is too burnt, like the color of Serena Williams' skin, I will never go to that level. So, like, it, it could be as something as that, even if it's a joke. Like, shit's not funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it doesn't always have to be. And that's a whole other conversation we will probably get into is that Rob Lederman is just not funny, nor, nor has he ever <laughs> been. And I, I, it's interesting offshoot of the discussion that has been on social media the last couple of days is people who angry at the the main issue but then people who are angry that this guy has a job because he's not funny you know it's it's just kind of weird like people are like ah fine he was he sucked anyway um but anyway another for the record so um and when was the golf tournament because that's a point that i'm gonna gonna mention here uh when you that was august perhaps? i think it was it was june or july um yeah, it was either I June or say, July, I think. Okay. I want to say July. <laughs> it was before I was, camp. I know that for yeah, sure. Because okay. I think I was going to um, – my sister was getting married back in California, and uh, it was somewhere around that okay. date, and that was middle of June. Well, the reason I bring this up uh, is because I had a discussion with – with uh, Rich Gensler that same day. Now I didn't golf in the tournament cause I don't golf, but I showed up later that day um, to partake in the social aspect of the golf tournament. You had left already. Rich was still there uh, as were John Warrow, Jerry Sullivan, uh, some photographer. There was a bunch of, there were a bunch of people there. So they are all kind of witness to this, this conversation, but I'll, I'll take it a, a step back. Um, so back in, so this is how, uh, you know, the, one of the main, well, hell, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm overqualifying. One of the reasons that the Tim Graham show on sports radio, 1270, the fans ceased to be, uh, obviously the pandemic, they shut down the studios. We went on hiatus. Uh, I was fully in, intent to, upon coming back, as were Matthew and Jonah. Um, but we had, um, during the break, um, come across some vile tweets from an account that is, is by my producer's band. And it's as far as I was informed, it's a two-man band. Uh, and... One of the members of this two-man band is, uh, was my producer, Bobby Rosati. And on this thread was just incredibly obnoxious, obviously trying to be right-wing troll type stuff, um, telling, uh, but tweeting at the county executive, Mark cars to suck my asshole. Um, just try it, just incredible. And then tweeting at me a couple of times because I had been pretty vocal during uh, a lot of the social unrest that was going on. And so it was pushing back at me. I then tweeted back at this account, tell Bobby, I said, hello, the account immediately was locked. 
and I don't know if it's been disabled. I got an apology from Bobby. Hey, man, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I didn't have anything to do with that. Um, okay, uh, so that's that. So on June 1st, I had sent a heads up to, in fact, I'll read you the tweet. This is to John Hager, uh, who is the um, program director, I believe, for Cumulus, and who was the guy who oversaw my show. Um, again, just for the record, I wasn't paid by Cumulus. I had a side deal where they gave me the airtime. I, I had my sponsorship from CTBK, uh, and then they sold their advertisements. They provided me the producer. Bobby Rosati was not my employee. He was a Cumulus employee. I just got two hours a week to come on and talk sports, or three or whatever the hell it was. Started off as a deal that the Buffalo News had with Cumulus, and then when I left the Buffalo News, I kept going. So I, on June 1st at 12.53 p.m., I sent a text saying, heads up that Bobby's banned and maybe Bobby runs a Twitter account that has been posting a lot of racist and inflammatory shit. I just asked the account to say hello to Bobby for me, and it went private. Here, Bobby, and I put in, in parentheses, probably has a convo with the county executive, and it's a screen cap from this band that says to Mark Poland cars also, suck my asshole. So that's just the one example I sent. I said then in my last, uh, my, my next uh, uh, text, if you're interested in my show returning, I would ask that he not be my producer. Uh, I receive acknowledgement uh, that I'm going to look into this. I say, uh, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I say, you're welcome. And that's the last I heard of it. Um, that is why my show is no longer on Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. Uh, and I went, I got tired of waiting for any kind of response. We didn't come back on until, what was it, September. So that's three months of no response. Uh, at that golf tournament, um, so I run into Rich. And there's probably going to be a lot of um, middling when it comes to Rich on this conversation. We can get into that, too. I, I feel awful for Rich. Um, I've known him for many years. I've known him for 20 years. He's an incredible philanthropist. Uh, he's been involved in my Make-A-Wish fundraisers. Uh, I know the work that he's done with the Bills and charity. And that's, that's how I know Rich is basically with him giving. And I've never heard him do or say a racist or a controversial thing. But I see him at this golf tournament and he brings up, hey, and I guess I'm telling tales out of school, but he was devastated by your conversation, Marcel, that you had had. He was really bothered by it. And again, we can, we're going to take that a, a step further. He was really upset. He was mortified. And he explained to me the conversation that you had with him on the golf course, just like you did, you know, matched up. And I said, oh, well, then let me tell you something else. And then I told him what I thought of the producer. And he was equally upset and kind of rocked by it. I had a couple of reporters, I don't want to name names to bring them into it, but they were sitting in on the conversation and said, yeah, Tim's right. You got a problem. Um, so that's now half the show. There are four people on the show. That's now 50% of it in which, all right, so I'll, I'll two, I would say rather prominent members of the local media say have a problem with your show that has your name on it. 
um, and nothing was done. So I guess this is the part where we get into it. Look, maybe Rich did try to get it done. Maybe he did. And he's handcuffed and he's stuck with these people because if I went to management and didn't get any response and ESPN HR went to management and didn't get a response, maybe Rich, and I don't know. I guess that's my hope is that he did try to, you know, fight the good fight and, and just was told, sorry, these are the people you have to work with. Uh, so anyway, that's my long preamble of my interaction with this station and some of these people and who I went to and said, you have an issue here. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know Matthew and, and Jonah, I, I don't want to, I mean, it's just been a, uh, I don't, and I'm also not going to force you to come in and say anything either, but anyways, uh, that's just where I, I wanted to make it known that this, this has been brought to their attention and nothing was done about it. Yeah. Like and, I, like I said, I think that, I think that facet has been. And that's and maybe something like, that you, and, that I never told Marcel about until yesterday over the phone when I was trying to explain, no, look, I'm on your side here. Uh, and that's why I wanted him to come on and that's to, to compare these notes. I had never told that story before. Uh, I'd never really explained why I left the, the station. I was hopeful that somebody would get a message at some point, fix a young career, uh, a bright talent and have these things brought to their attention um, and, uh, and maybe make a correction. But it seems as though there's, there's something in the, in the fibers of, of what goes on there. Who's the bright talent? I think Bobby, I think Bobby, Bobby's very good at what he does uh, on the air. I think it probably goes to show people that, you know, when you assume that this was the first step, when you assume that public humiliation is the, was the first step, like sometimes it's because trying to be civil and trying to go through proper channels Sometimes it doesn't work. Like that, that's why. And uh, I, I really don't remember the account name, but like I'm gonna call it what it is. That's why a, a this white woman who replied to Lederman's comment, and I was tagged in it. It's the only reason why I saw it, saying that the proper way to discuss racism, the proper way to deal with racism, is through yada yada. Like you have no, I, you have no idea. I, I just feel like you have no idea because so many times that doesn't work it doesn't work if it did we would be past racism by now like if we were able to just talk our way out of it we would be past it all by now and everybody would be living in harmony that's just not how this it's not how this world's worked right before we uh, hit the record button in fact you had to delay it for a couple of minutes uh because <laughs> Halle Berry retweeted your original tweet that had the audio clip into it in which she can do you have it there? Is it going to be your um, your your screensaver for the rest of your life, or what? Do you have it handy? It's like it's kind of a um, it's extremely extremely bittersweet because like I'm not so I'm not so big time that I can't I don't get like a like or a retweet from one of my favorite celebrities and get kind of giddy about it. But at the same time, like this is what she is having to retweet. Like this is how she has come to my profile. This is how she has come to my content is because she was unfairly compared. You know, her skin tone was, was used as a level of attractive, a, 
benchmark uh, for attractiveness. And uh, so it's, it's sad. Like there's that moment of like, wow. Like, it, I don't know, it was a lot to take in. It's a moment of like, wow, this is Halle Berry. Then there's, wow, this actually reached Halle Berry. Like, I didn't think people were tagging her and Serena and Gail King. I was like, there's no way, like, this is on any of their radars. But, like, it, this is a big deal. And it's almost like I'm hesitant to say validating. But as I said before, I, I was really back and forth about getting involved into this. But, like, it, it just goes to show you, like, this was worthwhile. Like, this was a big this was a big deal. It, I mean, it was front page of TMZ, front page of, of Yahoo, nationally. Like, people, it mattered to people. It mattered to people. This wasn't just me being angry. And it's not you chasing a headline or trying to be the story, because in these situations, as you referenced uh, right at the beginning, you're, you're naked in this. You're making yourself very vulnerable and the price of being to say, you know, like it's some badge of honor that TMZ picked up my story. All right, big deal. That's but cool. you are now in the crosshairs of a lot of people and it's not, it's not worth it. I mean, in so many ways, it's not, but it turns out to, like you say, uh, whether or not you want to use the, the phrase validating. But I did notice, hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot here, but when you first joined the Zoom, you were, I, I, think emotional you seem like you had had needed a you were taking a moment to recover tell me if i'm wrong but you seem to have been like really like, like it, it, uh, defensive is kind it? of defensive um little hair like a little hairpin so like you know i, I have i mean by the halle berry this, by like, halle berry's recently. oh yeah by by the you halle seem berry. like you needed but, a yeah it's just because like it's really, it, like I said, because it's, it's cool to an extent. It's sad to an extent. It's a little frustrating. And then it's a little nerve wracking. Cause it's like, okay, like here comes round three of this cycle to the point where it's probably the best look to just mute the original. So I'm just kind of like a little, it was resolved like rather quickly. The whole situation was resolved rather quickly. It, it, the advertisers pulled out, host was fired, Rob was fired. Uh, you know, everything happened, uh, which actually let's put a pin in that real quick because I, I do feel like Chris Klein is getting off really scot-free here, but, um, and Bobby, if Bobby still has a job, but yeah, it's just because like, cause he's not, his name's not attached to it. Like he's not responsible. He knew to, he knew, but, um, at least yeah, in my experience at that, at that company, the producer posts the stuff online and posts the tweets. Uh, and that's, you know, it seems as though this was a predetermined bit in which, because tweets were sent out to tease this segment coming up. Rob's going to talk about to about Rich's toast. Um, there was, uh, th those were deleted, but somebody, uh, I would presume the producer didn't think, or the show, after the fact, after it's out of everybody's mouths, didn't say, you know what, maybe we shouldn't post that online. Let's remove that segment. That didn't go as well as we thought. Um, but nobody, like, nobody, how many in. times, how many times has this happened that like just nobody's caught like the, the, the right person or wrong in person in their instance wasn't listening to? Well, I can guarantee you this was not the worst like, thing he's ever said. No, like it can't be. It can't be. It's just like I say, like, 
I've, I've literally, I've only heard this man talk two times when I was on and the other day and both times were, it was some derogatory, you know, not to be dramatic, but vile stuff coming out. So it's like, oh, there's no way it's like when, you know, people get caught and oh, I've never done this before. I promise. It's like, no, this isn't the first time you've done it. It's the first time you got caught. So it's, it, it, um, but, but yeah, man, that's, um, yeah, like I said, I, I needed, needed a second to kind of, you know, process that process, what was about to, to go down. Cause like, like I said, like it, it's cool. I don't think any of us are so, so big time that like, if, if a very well-known person interacts with something we say that it's not like at the least bit kind of exciting, but like, it just opens up, it kind of opens you up to just a whole different audience. Like for example, without getting super far into the Jake Fromm stuff, um, like I commented on Jake Fromm's apology last year and Jason Whitlock quote tweeted it basically asking if it was my job to opine on something I'm reporting, which is, I mean, really ironic <laughs> coming from him, but, uh, but it, you know, Jason Whitlock's audience. It, so now I'm opened up to a world of people who see Jason Whitlock's point of view as well, look, that black guy thinks like I do. So all of you should. And so it's like, I don't want to deal with that. I know that's not Holly Berry's audience, but you know, it's just like the same kind of, uh, same, same concept here that now it's just in front of more people when it was hopefully starting to die down. But what has uh, been like the last, what's it been like the last few days? Like, I don't know, emotionally and just, I, I can't stand my Twitter mentions most days and I can't imagine what, what this was like. And like you said, you had to weigh that while you were, you knew what it was going to do when you tweeted it and like kind of prepared yourself for the storm, but I can't imagine that makes it any easier. No, it's um like, I, I see, I don't see all of them, but I see a lot of it. And it's just kind of like, um, like you can't respond to everything, but you have a response for everything, if that makes sense. And uh, admittedly, that it might have spilled over a little bit into like me actually doing my job. Um, I might snap back at a person a little harder than I usually would if, uh, I mean, latest example, if they don't agree with taking a running back in the first round. Like a little more, we were going to get to that, but uh, yeah, you know, a little more hair <laughs> among <pin>. your, uh... <laughs> like, like a little more hairpin than, than, than usual. It's it, that's also been a point of frustration, but like not that, that badly. Um, and just kind of been like, I don't know, like it, there's just that, uh, an anxious is, is the, is the best way to, is the best way to put it just cause it's like, all right, like what's, what's happening next. And I, I said before, I really don't like being part of the story. This is literally, this is the only interview I have done. I'm going to do regarding this thing. There've been a bunch of requests. I don't want to be that big part of a story, but like you just, and you will of, not be a bit on this podcast. There are right. four, 450 people hear it. 
and uh, it will remain. This is, this is the safest way for you to address it without getting any more attention. Is, yeah, uh, it's nice getting it out. You know, like, it is nice getting, <laughs> getting it out. Cause like, like I said, like, I'm not just going to sit here like furiously on my computer responding to everybody. And uh, sometimes it does feel like you're talking to a brick wall. Like people just don't want to listen. Um, like there's been, it, it's, it, it's, exo- it is exhausting. Like last summer it was, was exhausting, man. Like uh, I can appreciate people wanting to learn and people wanting to get better. But like, for instance, there was somebody who maybe didn't mean anything by it, but somebody who genuinely wouldn't grasp why it's a, it was offensive to compare burnt toast to Serena Williams skin. Like what, like they didn't understand the background behind it. And, and with the caveat that, that it can't be attractive. Yeah. With the, that it, there's a the limit, that, there's a, there's a limit that you get to where it ceases to be attractive anymore. And that's like, that was, you know, there's been a lot of like, well, why do you care who finds you attractive or yada, yada, yada. And like, it's something that we deal with. We've uh, 28. It's something I've dealt with since. I, I mean, I've got memories in, in preschool of white kids telling me no this is only you know no black kids allowed or you know white this only white people are playing with us i went to school in california in northern california not even the super north like the progressive north california like i've we've dealt with this a long time like forever it is kind of tiring to have to like continue to say okay well like this is why we're upset this is this is why we're we're angry and like and man, don't get me started on, on the crowd of, uh, you know, what if a black person said this about white women? Uh, what if a black man said this uh, comparing different shades of, of ice cream? It's like, do you know how ridiculous you sound, first of all? But like, why do you want to be a victim so badly? I never, I don't understand that. Like, why people who come back with the, what if the roles were reversed? What, do you want them to be reversed? Like, why do you, why do you want that? Well, what about the black person who did this to a white person, like, why aren't you angrier about that? I don't, I don't know what, I, I don't know what they're going for, but like distracting, I don't know. It, it, there's a word for it that it's not coming to my mind right now, but like you're, you're trying to distract from one issue by bringing up another when like both, both can exist. It's just, it's a, I don't know, man. It, it's been, a, it's been long, it's been long two days. Like it's nice to, uh, I'm hoping for like a press conference or something today. Like uh, we get Matt Breida or something today, just to like be able to talk football for like a second. Do you want to talk football now? Or here's the thing is I, and we had a similar, I had a similar experience. Thurman Thomas came in the studio, you know, with my producer sitting there too, uh, which thinking back on it now is, Interesting. Um, Thurman Thomas came in the studio, I don't know, year, year and a half ago on, on my show and talked about bail reform. And we talked about it for pretty much the entire show. <clears throat> and then the intention was to talk the bills at the end. And then we got to the end and I said, Thurman, can we just end this without? Oh, I'm sorry. It was the first hour of the show. I said, Thurman, I, it doesn't feel right to talk. Now, what do you think about Josh Allen? I mean, can't we just end it? And I think he got a little emotional, actually. He was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not just here because I'm the football guy. I'm not just here. I'm, I'm actually here talking about something I care about in bail reform, and it matters to 
people I know and people I love and, and people who I feel the need to fight for, um, that it's not pinned with, all right, now let's, let's get into the, you know, whether they should be blitzing more right. on third down. Now that that's um, out the way, let's get to, yeah, no, like I'm on here. To, this is what I'm on here to talk about. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Right, you can talk about nice football somewhere like, else then. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to yeah. trivialize, trivialize this conversation by, by, by shoehorning anything other than of course, Kevin Adams needing to coach um, <laughs> that, that needed to be addressed at the top. Um, and I'd like to get Marcel back on, probably spend about an hour on this whole first round running back thing because uh, like, C and I are on opposite sides of this issue, and I think we need to we need to hash it out. I just went on. Um, I just went on uh, Joe Marino's podcast. Uh, the irony is, like, we stopped maybe about an hour or two before they signed Matt Breida, and uh, so softened my argument a little bit. But like a little bit. I mean, Matt. It's not like Matt Breida's. You know, he's not coming in to be a star. Lighten like, it up. But like. People I remember could, him as a fantasy fill-in two years ago. You know, like, I, I, oh, yeah, he had a couple good weeks. I've running back, man. Like, I, I, can, I can back the hell up. I can back the hell out of this argument. Like, I'm not just pulling something out of my ass. And uh, I think, though, like, I think that the message has been misconstrued a little bit. Um, one, I don't want them to draft Travis Etienne. I don't care, actually, what they do. This is what I think they should We're getting do. getting dangerously close to getting into a football conversation, guys. <laughs> Can't help it. But uh, but either way, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let's save it for the next pod. Uh, I know that I've obviously dominated this interview because um, I felt like I had some stuff to get up, you know, to, to talk about. And I know I've known Rich for so long. Um, you know, I, I feel I, I, I think that it's fair. Uh, because something had to happen, apparently. I just hope that the people who could have done something, and I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know how far things up. That's why I don't know where ESPN HR got, but I hope that the people who were um, warned of this, you know, are, are, are being held accountable. Maybe they are. I don't know. But uh, Jonah, I, I know that, you know, is there anything you wanted to ask Marcel or a point to make or anything? I we could talk about Marcel's sweatshirt. We've had that conversation <laughs> on the show before. The uh, the the Pyrex Benny. Yeah, the plugs I met. Oh, the Pyrex. Yeah, man, that's um, yeah. This was this was one of the pickups of the year last year. We uh, okay. Really. That's a totally different controversial subject, though, because I know where Jonah is going with this. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, I agree like with sure. Jonah. It's isn't it a strange bit of marketing for a team to. It is. Um, it might be a case of, you know, maybe I, I don't want to speak. You know, I don't want to speak to to the sales pitch. It reminds me of when I was in high school, our uh, girls volleyball coach, bless her heart, Maria Hill. I think she she recently retired, but um, she ordered shirts for their team. I remember carrying them from her car into the gym and unboxing them for it. And she's like, you guys are going to love these. Like they're so clever. And it was a picture of like a uh, volleyball in motion with the words, I'd hit that written across it. <laughs> I opened the box, read it and like ran out the gym <laughs> laughing so hard. Like I couldn't, she, she just had no idea what it meant. So it could just be as innocent as it could be as innocent as that. 
but, uh, well, but she doesn't have she doesn't have a team of people around that can you know workshop this stuff uh you know we yeah we can get into the whole discussion of needing to workshop something before it comes out of your mouth or before it's on print uh you know rather than just thinking oh do i have something good for you uh and then unleashing it it girls volleyball uh, you say that, that was excellent at valley christian academy i feel like that would not have uh that would not have tracked if they wore that into a gym. Did they, they, so they were somebody, they weren't, they weren't worn. They weren't distributed. No, they, no, okay, absolutely somebody... not. Like the team made it very clear to where like, coach, we can't, we cannot wear these. This is not, no, we're, we're teenagers. <laughs> were those shirts then sent off to like shelters or something? Like the people, they, they make the joke that somewhere in, uh, you know, somewhere in a third world country, there are people walking around who think that the Bills won four straight Super Bowls because all that stuff gets discarded. I would guess that the shirts were returned. Uh, I just know that they were never worn. Maybe they were, they got turned into rags or I, I don't, I am not sure. That's good. But for whatever it's worth, um, it's my understanding that those kind of shirts are straight up destroyed. The, the fake championship, whatever shirts like there's somebody like sworn to secrecy about how he does it but he destroys any championship gear well i think but i think that's a later development because people were found like there are pictures of people and it's a bad you know so the nfl has their brand being shown like hey look at this look at this guy shambling <laughs> down the streets of of managua in his um 1992 Bills Super Bowl champions. I once, uh, I once went to hockey camp with a kid who I'm trying to remember the team. So his dad was involved in like, you know, manufacturing of apparel or whatever. And he, we were all extremely jealous because he had, I believe it was an Edmonton Oilers Stanley cup. Yeah. They lost the Stanley cup in 05, 06. And he had like all the championship gear. He had the hat and t-shirt. It was like Edmonton Oilers Stanley cup champs. And we were like, we all thought it was the greatest thing because we were 13 years old and losers, but it does get, maybe it's uh, you know, a little bit more recent that uh, they have started to destroy it to uh, yeah, limit stuff sure like that. kids running around hockey camps uh, thinking the Oilers <laughs> won, but. All right, Marcel, we've kept you longer than I wanted, but let, yeah, let's anybody else want to say anything or, I mean, get anything out there like for the record or a question or. I just want to thank Marcel for coming on and, and talking about it. I mean, you know, it's always like, I, I can only imagine how the last few days were and, you know, the added, I never want to make it feel like, and I, I've had this conversation with Leslie Frazier as well, when you want to talk about these issues, but you don't want to put all the burden on, you know, Marcel or Leslie to be the one that's got to speak for everybody or educate people beyond the work that, you know, we can do ourselves, but, I appreciate him coming on and, and talking about this, sharing how he feels. And, you know, I hope that it opens some eyes to, you know, what goes on in this community, not just this community, a lot of communities everywhere, all over, all over the country. And hopefully people can um, start to see things with a little bit more of an open mind when it comes from somebody like Marcel, who they, you know, they love to follow for their bills content. You know, I think it might hit some people in a different way. I hope. Also, I want to say, because um, I know, I, I know, Tim, you didn't love the uh, the Buffalo News article um, 
kind of only mentioning myself yeah. and, and Madison Carter. I never felt like um, uh, singled out or, or like, uh, like the blame was pinned because like, I mean, even if they wanted to pin the blame on me, like it is our, I don't want to say fault, but like it, it, it was, we did that. Like we, we did that. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of people know the comments, knew of the comments that Rob made on the show or knew of the things he's been saying for, from my understanding of the past 30 years, but it took, it, it took until the second time I heard the show for people to really get for you know real change to to happen for advertisers to pull out for jobs to be lost or suspensions to be doled out and so like it you know like if, if people want to blame me if people want to blame madison like they can blame me and madison you know they can they can right. do that they can uh because we did that like we if i didn't say anything about it I don't know who else would have or, or, or could have. I don't know. I'm getting the speculation about, you know, oh, this wouldn't have blown up if so-and-so said it. But like if I think that's I, accurate, I, I don't it, think it would have. You know what I mean? Like I, I said it and Madison backed it up and people, you know, I'm, I'm honored for any respect I've garnered here in Buffalo. But like Madison is really like the one like Madison is 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 one of the most respected voices in Buffalo, even after she's left Buffalo. So for her to get involved, I, I think people respect her to the point that they say, okay, like this, this is worth getting angry about. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, like I said, we, we, we did it. We did that. You did. So. And I think that had the story been written like that, I would have had a different opinion. My thought was that had they they didn't explain your motives because they didn't know your motives. I don't know if anybody reached out to you or not, but the way it read to me, if I were, you know, it was that if not for these black journalists, this wouldn't be a thing, which can be read two different ways, obviously. If you're on one side, we like, oh, court, you're like this guy, everybody still have their jobs. And you know, these, this is a guy making a big deal out of nothing, cancel culture. I can't believe we've gotten this far in the pod 54 minutes into the podcast. I think that's the first time that phrase cancel culture has been said. Um, but there was, to me, you know, Rob Lederman's explanation was the second half of the story. The whole first half of the story is Marcel Louis Jacques said this in the, or on Twitter, or it, it was to me, I, I didn't think it was, it had your motivations been in there and your backstory been in there then yes. But otherwise it was, this guy put it, this guy tweeted it and it went viral. And therefore now here, here we are. And so, and, like, I, and I know a lot of people just felt kinda... the same, but if you're the, you're the one who's it's most important how you felt based on how it read. But if there's any way out there that the reporter is leaving the door open for anybody to think, and I like to think I'm a pretty reasonable consumer of, of media, of anybody to think that, that the onus was being put on these, these two reporters in particular. Now, I didn't say you and, and Madison were black, but uh, right. to, to be put on it and say, these people did this. Uh, and it should not, and I think that there, that probably added to any, any people who were upset that you guys were shit stirrers. 
Yeah, and maybe like maybe there could have been an addition that like I know it it made reference to um, you know widespread outcry, but like, and I think they they did include Mark Pullen cars, but to be honest, like there's just been I've read so many article recaps that they kind of are blending together. I don't know which one said which, but like you know maybe they could have included a couple other you know a couple other wide-reaching voices i know matt perino spoke against it heather prusak spoke against it uh you know jazz williams um like there's been a lot of people locally who, who said something about it that you know but but i understand that like the most impactful were probably you know with all due humility the most impactful were probably myself and, and madison so it, yeah. I, I understood that and like um and also just thinking about the second half of the story apology. Um, that's just why I just feel like tagging me in the photo is disingenuous, like uh, creating the uh, Twitter account to issue out that statement and apology. Like it's different than what you're, it's different than your run of the mill. You know, I said something racist apology you know the i want to get better i've reached out to xyz like it, it's different for sure but like it, it is eleven fifty seven on friday we're going on a year and six days after he told me my english was good on air and i still never had a conversation with rob lederman and i don't think it's my responsibility either to ask somebody to tell him to reach out to me like i don't think it was my responsibility at the time to tell Rich, Hey, tell Rob to, to talk to me. Like it's, it's not, that's, that's on, that's on him. And so I see this still as more, let me save face than let me apologize. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm even owed an apology, but like, I'd rather get one before I'm tagged in a statement on Twitter. So uh, I guess I wanted to get, to get that out as well. Like I've, I saw it because somebody sent it to me. Honestly, like I, I didn't even, I've, I've got notifications set that like new accounts like that don't usually register. And uh, so I didn't see it when I was tagged in it, but somebody sent it to me and I noticed that, you know, it said you at the bottom of the photo. And, uh, but I don't know, like he, he, he apologized and sure. I would still, it'd be cool to hear It'd be cool to hear from Rich. It'd be cool to hear who also for the record, Rich and I spoke on the day shortly after I, I posted it, I sent him the clip and I told him, this is exactly what I was talking about last year. And he's like, yeah, I know like it was Rob again, like management is on it. I understand. I get it. I get it. But, um, and it would be great to hear from, from Chris Klein, who again is just really, I mean, skating under the radar olympic figure skating under the radar with this because uh while bull seemed i can i can i can believe it made him uncomfortable and he's just like oh okay like uh, out of shock but like how far into your what black people do i know bag do you have to go to reach to pull gail king out and say what about gail king's skin tone like that's not like a I don't, I don't, I, I know Gail King is a prominent person, a prominent 
It's woman, a morning show. I, These are morning people. Maybe they, uh, unlike us sports they, writers, uh, they actually maybe pay attention to the morning shows. <laughs> I guess so. It, either way, like, it's just like, you, it, it seemed like it was just so quick. She had somebody ready. She had something ready to advance the conversation. So I don't think she should be absolved from this either. Should she be fired? I mean, probably not, but like, uh, just everybody wants to talk Rob. Everybody wants to talk rich, but like, I didn't, I don't, I don't know what their dynamic is. I don't know what her dynamic is with the station, but like, she didn't have to, she didn't have to do that pressure or not. Like she didn't have to say that. And, uh, also it's not being talked about enough that Rob called his daughter a bitch on air, not 50 seconds after my original clip ended. I, I have a, it's like a full two minute clip he calls it that for changing toaster settings and that so this isn't just all about race this is a little you know dash of misogyny in there too it's the old school comic um probably i don't i mean going back to the guy who goes on stage and his boat get the spinning bow tie uh, or whatever but um, the guy has never been funny uh i've done the show i mean as uh, and it's, he's always derailed it for me. I'm on the, because I would go on because I like rich and I know rich and every, every comment was just, you try to ignore it. And it, yeah, it's, it was a pain in the balls to, to have to deal with him and be on the show with rich. Um, but I, I, I've, he's never been funny. His, his, he had a TV show on channel two that was a disaster because it was so unfunny. Um, he, and I think we're seeing the, the backlash from local comics on this who are like yeah yeah get rid of this guy he's terrible i mean like why i'm curious as to why he had to be on the show especially after you brought your your problem up with him if the if the uh, the word has to get around you know that he's not funny um it's not it's not funny like it's not funny this isn't a comedy stage so people saying if a comedian said it on on, in a club we wouldn't be this wasn't a club. It's not a club. And for the record, comedians have had their careers derailed for what they've said in a comedy club. Hello, Michael, Michael Richards. But uh, like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like I, I guess I like we, we've touched on significantly in this conversation. Like I feel like we made the appropriate, uh, the appropriate moves we, we have, we, we made our concerns known. We let multiple prominent members of the station or show know, like it wasn't just some, oh, he just made a mistake. It wasn't just some one-off mistake. Like it, it's pattern behavior. And like, I'm sorry, like, I don't care what was funny in 1985. I don't care what passed for conversation in 1998 or even 2003. Like, just because something has been done before does not mean it is right. doesn't mean it was right then. It doesn't mean it's, it's right now. You have to evolve. uh, You have to evolve. I mean, if you're still, you know, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. You have to evolve in your thinking. You have to keep up with the times or, or else you're, this is what's going to happen to you. You get fired or your, your whole show gets suspended. He may have cost three other people their jobs too. Um, I feel, I mean, does that, and, you know, I do, does that I do show survive? Bad. I don't know. I do feel bad. Like I've said multiple times, like rich, 
is Rich was a, I had a good time golfing with him. We, we talked, um, I don't want to say buried the hatchet, but like we, we talked things through, we came to an understanding. We had a good time that day. Like I, I enjoyed being around him. I think he's a decent person. I wasn't calling for him to lose out on any, any side gigs. I wasn't, I didn't demand PSE remove him from the Sabres, you know, in game. I didn't tell UB to do that. Wasn't never my intent, but, um, and I feel for everybody at that station who maybe you know, was appalled with what was said, because I don't know how this is going to affect the station. I, I assume, I mean, those that Roswell and the Wester ads were pretty prominent. I yeah, assume that's we, a lot of money. Should we disclose that you were on the board of directors at Roswell and that you had a big part of uh, <laughs> in uh, them pulling their advertising? <laughs> Little do people know how I'm like that, just connected in this town. A wires right. deep. You were pulling no. the strings. Yeah, that's the no. thing. I mean, you so you can come back with it was a joke. It was a and you're not performing for your audience in that role. You're performing for your current sponsors and future sponsors. And if you say something that has somebody yank their money away, then you fucked up. Yeah. You're going to you're going to go <laughs> yeah, once the, when the money is when when the bag is impacted, you're career will be too jonah and i were in the car talking about this as this happened we were driving somewhere and i had i didn't know everything so jonah's i'm driving and jonah's filling me in and he says oh yeah roswell pulled out and i immediately i said they're fucked that's it like that that's the end of it uh and i said at least i said at least one person's losing their job probably all four was my as soon as i heard that roswell was out he said, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. And then he said it anyways. And then in the first comments, I didn't read his apology on Twitter. I couldn't find him on Twitter. But then he said, I, I'm horrified or whatever to, to hear this back. And, and it's, all, it's always, this is not who I am. It's like, no, it clearly is. And you knew it. You knew you were going to get in trouble for saying it. And you said it anyway. So, that, so then you can't be horrified. Like, it's one or the other, uh, you know, like you can't, you knew what was happening. He knew what was coming out of his mouth. They tweeted about the segment. It was premeditated. Honestly, I never even heard of this guy, uh, to be honest with you before, before this. And it made me almost like when you posted that clip, I was like, man, like I have never turned this show on, but I almost wish I would have at some point because what else has he said? Because I can't imagine that was my first thought. I was like, I can't imagine Marcel, has a daily habit of listening to this show and this just happened to pop up. Like, I'm sure this got flagged somewhere else and, and came across his radar. Like, and I don't mean that as an insult to the show. I just literally have never heard of this guy. And you I know don't think, Matthew, barely, that, but that 97 rocks target demographic is uh, 28 year old males of Haitian descent. <laughs> Certainly not. I can guarantee uh, it, you it is. Uh, <laughs> and if it was, it, 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 uh, they did not do a very good job of uh, catering to that, that audience, but it's just like, yeah, I don't know the, the whole, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to say it anyways. And then the response from him, the response from so many people of it, they're like you said, things got done, things happened, advertisements were pulled, jobs were lost, um, you know, rightfully so in Rob's case. And, you know, I, businesses are going to make decisions that they want to make. And, you know, that that's on rich for associating with it. That's on rich for not saying anything. Um, we don't know that he didn't, no. 
We don't know that well, he didn't or that he may have been handcuffed with this. That's my hope. I don't know Possibly. the answer to that. Yeah. Or maybe he, he did chimed in on the air and said, he hey, yes, he could immediately as that it was, was out of line. Um, yes, I also yeah. feel like, I mean, I feel like when we talked, he could have, when we talked the day of, like he could have said something like, you know, like I've been trying to get him off the show. I've been trying to distance, but so like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know the dynamic. I want to be very open with that. I don't know the dynamic of that station. You say he didn't say that, but he didn't say anything yeah. that made me think that anything has been said. Like I, I haven't, I haven't heard from Bobby. Bobby still has my number. Like didn't hear from Bobby afterward. Um, so like, it's just like, uh, and especially after hearing your story, it, it makes me, it makes me think like, huh, I wonder if my personal complaint to, to him ever went anywhere. Like, I, I wonder if, if it, if it ever was, was shared. I wonder if it kind of fell on deaf ears. I, or you now can I say don't know. that, or, or that, or that it had, and it didn't go that mine went, my, I didn't go to rich. I went, I went to management yeah, and nothing happened. Like I'm talking, I, I, I'm talking specifically about going to Bobby, uh, like telling Bobby, like, I don't need this. This was not acceptable. I wonder if I don't oh, know. I see. I, I see just don't know see. anymore. Bobby doesn't don't have the capacity to really understand that. I don't think if you follow Bobby on Twitter, I mean, it isn't just the normal person, Twitter His personal Twitter. And when he was running the 1270 account had maybe not racist, but out of control, outlandish things tweeted from those accounts all the time. A lot of pushback. His personal Twitter is still um, his personal Twitter is still filled with conspiracy theories, like you know, angry, you know, right wing. You know, and it's not to lump all right, but it's there's conspiracy stuff, there's nonsense, and it's it's still you know in the last couple of days. I don't know that this is like an education moment for him, uh, at least not to this point. So, um, right, the idea that like you went to Bobby and told him that. And as you, you should feel like Bobby should look out for you because of everything you have done for Bobby or all the times you went on Sully's show and Tim's show and uh, all that. Same, same for, you know, all of us. And, you know, just as man to man, you would have hoped that he would take care of you there a little bit or have your back. And certainly doesn't sound like he did, which is disappointing. I feel a little set up, (laughs) you know, I feel a little, I feel a little, a little hung out to dry there. And like, like I, like I said before, and, and you just alluded to, like, we don't, we don't need to do any of these. Like we don't need to do, we don't get paid for these any, things. any radio appearance. Like it doesn't. Although, I mean, I think, I think the Buffalo news guys do. I think there's something worked into their baked into their pay they, where they, but yeah, we do these things as favors to people. And like, I like having, I do that. There's a reason we do this for a living. I, I love talking sports. Like, so like I, I do this cause I, I, I enjoy it. I don't do it because I, I have to, and like, I don't do it to be subjected to outdated, you know, outdated stereotypes about how my, what my English should, should sound like, like the biggest sports wanna... media company in the world thinks my English is good enough to pay me for it on a yearly basis. I don't need that validation from Rob Lederman, whether it's a joke or not. So you don't need to be, a, you don't do that stuff to be a part of Rob's shitty act either. Like, you, yeah, don't, like it. you know, it's like, Oh, let's bring this guy in so I can crack some jokes. Like that's horseshit. And right. as has been mentioned multiple times, it's not even, it's not funny. Like, and you're not, you're going on there to talk about the bills. You're not going on there to be 
part of this guy's act. And um, it, I, yeah, just, I don't know, the guy, the more I learn about him the last few days, because like I said, I heard his name for the first time that day. Um, just nothing but it's made me not really even want to seek out whatever apology he wrote because I don't even, you know, there's a, a lot more than, you know, a typed up message can can fix here. I haven't seen yeah. that specific apology, um, the one where he tagged you, Marcel, but I have seen him, you know, he did the rounds on channel two, channel four, whatever. Did he apologize to the show or to the, does, is he, a, is he, a, is he looking, is this, cause everything just seems to be, this isn't me. What I, I would, I would hope that he feels mortified that he jeopardized three other people. Yeah. Yeah, why the hell am I? And being? maybe the why station, maybe the radio, the radio industry is in really bad shape and you lose Roswell and West her or whatever else. And maybe that they're just going to, they'll come back eventually, but even a week's worth of bank from these people. I mean, I mean, the, the this, show, could, this could, this could, this could really devastate the station, not the just the station, show. The station and the show and the co-host and the producer got what they deserved. If this has been a pattern of behavior going back several years, uh, you know, Kari Demos, who writes for the Niagara Gazette has posted, has tweeted several times the last couple of days about how he interned there and had problems with Rob on and off the air, things that he said that offended him and his family members. And I would assume Kari had brought that up to other people at the station and it got brushed under the rug or ignored. I, the station got what they deserved. They were put in this position. I, I, they set up permission structures for Rob to think it was his job on the show to make jokes like this. I think if you listen to the audio, it sounds like Rob thinks he's making everybody in the studio laugh, that this is something that maybe they talked about off the air or that he knew would get a response from at least his immediate audience. And I feel bad for Rich personally, because I do think he's a nice guy and maybe got caught in the crossfire there a little bit. But it is his show. He didn't apologize after the next commercial break. He didn't put something on Twitter saying, hey, I don't condone what Rob said. So everybody that is getting shrapnel and catching blowback from this deserves it. And yeah, I like think it, what Marcel really said is hard. an important point is like anybody who's directing blame at Marcel or Madison, like directed at Rob. Rob's the one who opened his mouth and said this stuff. Like it, Marcel simply presented it to the world and let the world do with it what it would and, and what it did was companies pulled advertising companies removed him from his role he said it if he didn't say it then none of this happens not it yeah if marcel doesn't post it none of this happens but trace it farther back if he didn't say it none of this happens if stuff gets addressed a year ago this stuff doesn't happen he he's the asshole here like he's the one who did that like not you like, know marcel was... posted a clip of that guy being an asshole and People handled the asshole accordingly. Like all that happened is you got put in front of a bigger, in front of a bigger audience. It's uh, I don't know what, what numbers 97 rock does, but I know I looked at that thing. I looked at the analytics of the tweet um, like yesterday morning or afternoon. It's got like 2 million impressions. And this is before the Holly Berry bump. Like it, it, all it did was like, you know, isn't that your goal? Like you just want a wider audience. I didn't add any commentary to it. It's just, here you go. Like say that for the people in the back, but in Twitter form. And, uh, everybody knows who they are. I never thought of it. Everybody knows who they are now. The problem is that's who they are. Exactly. It's it's not my fault. Girl. Like it's at the end of the day, I I, I don't know what his apologies on a, on a scale of, 
I was wrong and I apologize for it. I'll try to do better to my blood sugar was low. Like oh. this was somewhere in somewhere in the middle, but uh, it, it's still like, it, it's not like a, you know, I'm not ready to just say like, Oh, hunky dory. And, and another issue, not to like keep dragging, you know, bring it up topic after topic after topic. But well, this like, is a, this, we're supposed to get it all out here and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. But here, therein lies a, a massive under talked about aspect of these post offensive apologies is then it's just filled with people accepting the apology apology who weren't being apologized to. Like, uh, for example, uh, I think it, it's Kyle Larson, the, the NASCAR driver who, who just thought his mic was off and said the N word during like an iRacing event a year or so ago, he apologized for it. And if you look at the people accepting the apology, it's people who weren't being apologized to people who were not people who, you know, the N word does not, categorize and so like it, it makes me kind of chuckle a bit when you, you see his apology and then like white man white man white woman white woman white man white man are accepting the apology you, you know what this is i i think that this is sincere you know what it's okay man like you you admitted that you did something wrong and that oh with all due respect give a fuck what you think about his apology it's not to you he's not talking to you as far as i'm concerned and that that was my thing with that was my thing with jake Fromm. like people telling me like is it really your job as a reporter no but it's my you know prerogative as a black man as a person who he was referring to in those texts whether or not i accept the apology or not like that's how i'm speaking and so it, it you know people need to maybe realize that not everything is meant for you. Like not every apology needs your, you know, acceptance. It needs your, your, your Caesar, your thumbs up, thumbs down. Like we sometimes just kind of maybe kick back and let the people who they're apologizing to process it. And uh, I think that's the the stage I'm personally, I'm not going to speak for, I'm not, you know, the, the emperor of black people. Like I'm, I, I can speak yeah. for myself. Yeah, that's a uh, old South Park reference. Jesse Jackson is not the emperor of black people. I told my daddy was, but like, either way, I'm not the uh, I'm, I'm not the spokesperson. That's that's where I'm at. Like, at, at a processing stage. So like, I don't know. Just wanted to really wanted to address that. If if anybody has questioned or wondered why I hadn't said anything about his apology publicly, like it's. Because my knee-jerk reaction is that it's BS, but I want to be mature. And so we're thinking about it. Before we let you go, I just want to see if Serena Williams has gotten involved or Oh, God. I've left my else. phone. I've checked it every now and then, but it's been face down on the couch for a while. Yeah, she hasn't tweeted. And uh, she retweeted something a day ago, and then she hasn't tweeted for three days. So maybe she pokes her head up and, and joins the joins the discussion here now that Hallie, your your girl Hallie is uh that's decided to un, chime unreal in. that uh unreal once again unreal that it, it got that far because uh yeah just this is just little old Buffalo yeah you think she'd retweet your uh your Micah High Jordan Poyer safety tandem feature from <laughs> hopefully a few she read back. it that's uh 
was one of my favorite pieces I wrote here. So hopefully she, she gave that a read too, just to say like, you know, let's, let's, let's support, let's support each other. I've, I've seen plenty of her movies. Maybe she's read a couple of my articles and they even out, but either way, either way, like, uh, just, just wild, probably going to put, uh, go do not disturb for a little while. Might hop on Warzone later and just get mad at a completely different entity that get angry at some 13 year old in you know, <laughs> West Virginia, but, uh, <laughs> whatever it takes a mind off. What, uh, what else do we want to talk about, uh, fellas? Any, anything else to add or Jonah, you usually have something that you, uh, you're, you dithered on whether or not bringing up that you tell me after the fact. No dithering today. No. Okay. Well, Marcel, whoa, look at me. I'm all nervous. I'm nervous as a schoolgirl <laughs> trying to sign off here. Um, thank you for doing this. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, we talked yesterday on the phone. You didn't have to do this. So I, you, you didn't mention to me before you agreed that you felt obligated in some way because we had beef. Uh, we had pseudo beef yesterday. Um, but um, I thought it was a worthwhile conversation. And um, there I don't really know if there are a lot of places you can go and have a, a media conversation in Western New York and just talk about an issue like this um, for, for as long as you want and, and get it out there. No commercial breaks or, or editing or, or whatever. And I just thought it would be good to, is a discussion that a lot of people are having on Twitter uh, in, you know, uh, in limited characters, you know, it takes, how many tweets it would have taken to get everything off your chest uh, that you did here in an hour and a hour and 15 minutes. So let's just get it out there and people know where you stand. I can add what my experience has been and, and hopefully give people a, a better picture as to, as to what, uh, what you're dealing with. I can only empathize. I can't sympathize because as a white man, I can only get so far uh, until then I have to guess. Uh, I, I can do a, a decent job of when you have empathy, you can make a good guess, but I can't ever fully know how things like this make, make you or anyone else feel. So uh, I could come on and, and Jonah and, and Matthew and I could, could go on and on and have a discussion about our time at Cumulus, but no, I mean, who gives a shit? So thanks for no, doing and that. No. And like I said, like it's uh, in, in, in part, just in case people thought there was some burgeoning beef like this, this gave us a, a chance to, you know, let inquiring minds know that we'd, we'd talked it through without doing the obnoxious. Tim called me. We had a good conversation. Everything's all good. Like <laughs> the fuck, this isn't my space, but uh, no. And, and, uh, and hearing your experience with, with, with Sage or with the company, you know, I felt like, yeah, this is a, this is a good forum this is a good forum. It's not, yeah, it's not me chasing like a, a couple TV stations have asked me to go on. I, I'm not doing that. Like just a way to, this is know, again, it's therapeutic okay. is the word. This it's is proof that you're not chasing attention. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is me. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I thought, you know, like I said, good conversation. will let people know that this wasn't just coming from a place of, canceling and torches and anger and mob justice like sometimes these things are a long-standing issue that alternative methods were not adhered to or were not 
paid attention to, taken seriously. So hopefully clears the air for people and, uh, you know, we can, we can, we can build, we can build. The well-spoken Marcel Louis Jacques. The wonderful English, you know, Here he the, is. Uh, California, Proof. California immigrant. <laughs> if you hadn't, yeah, if you hadn't heard him on that show a few months ago, now this is proof that uh, ESPN made a good hire, together. which, you know, we weren't sure. ESPN's track record in this town wasn't too swift. <laughs> I think as long as my name just wasn't Rodak, I think people would have been fine. But, Let's uh, keep in mind, I was the pre- I was the predecessor to Rodak, so that's uh, they were on strike too. Uh, you, they were <laughs> oh two count. Yeah, yeah, you were. Uh, you know, you could have. Yeah, you were uh, just trying to get on base there, and just trying to slap something up. Oh, <laughs> get runners on here. All right, uh, thanks for this, Marcel. Uh, hopefully, it was worthwhile for you. Uh, if not, I've failed. Uh, but. Um, it's uh we'll we'll keep discussing it if we have to let's hope we're probably gonna have to unfortunately but um anyways it's my awkward way of saying thank you and uh i'm sure i'll be seeing you at a news conference soon absolutely let's hope matthew jonah till next time tim graham and friends is brought to you by ctbk CPAs and business consultants. CTBK is a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants and business consultants with roots in Amherst, New York. CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client for assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, and advice on mergers and acquisitions. CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a quote, Call 716-630-2400. Again, that's 716-630-2400. CTBK, over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond.